This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 9.18 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jen Sun. Let's get a quick update on whether the FBM KLCI is going anywhere. No. <laughs> Just like the rest of global markets. Really, not going anywhere. Everyone pack up, go back home now. Quickly. Still the on the road are, to nowhere. Yeah, literally listless trading. 1,453 points, up 0.06%. It's the repeat story for the rest of the region. Well, let's take a look at the oil and gas sector. Oil prices and the industry overall had a good year in 2022. However, Brent crude oil futures are flat year to date at 85 US dollars per barrel and way below the year highs of above US uh, $120 dollars per barrel during the height of the Russian Ukraine war. This is in spite of all pundits earlier in the year calling for prices to reach $100 per barrel, which was support, supposed to be underpinned by strong demand from a China reopening as consumption increases and factories ramp up production and a surge in global travel from China and also other tourists. So far, the price cap imposed by developed nations on Russian oil and Russia retaliating by cutting production seems to have had little impact with on prices. Even news that UAE, UAE is discussing leaving OPEC seems to have minimal impact. So what does this then mean for all prices in the medium term? And is the sector still in favour from an investment perspective? For some insights, we speak to Ho Peihua, Regional Energy Analyst at DBS Bank. Peihua, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. So most recently, there was news that uh, UAE is discussing leaving OPEC as it's demanding its own baseline crude production. Is this a sign of an emerging rift among the 13-member oil producing alliance? And how will this impact oil prices going forward? Hi, um, good morning. Uh, well, UAC, UAC, UAE official has denied the report. They are considering quitting OPEC. Um, I think Brent had recouped the 3% loss last Friday since. Um, actually, this idea isn't new either. Um, UAE has reportedly debated leaving the, the oil alliance uh, for years due to this agreement over production cap. Um, I think UAE state-owned oil company, not is more aggressive in investments and uh, UAE has been keen to monetize its oil reserve. Uh, as fast as possible, given the energy transition uh, dynamics. Um, I think a potential UAE departure uh, from OPEC will certainly rattle the OPEC alliance and uh, oil market for sure, uh, like, like what we saw for Qatar in 2019 and uh, Ecuador in 2020. However, uh, we believe that the UAE leaving OPEC, uh, the probability is probably uh, low uh, currently, uh, given it's part of the Gulf alliance with Saudi, um, Iraq, uh, Kuwait, uh, and wouldn't want to upset uh, so many neighbors. Mm. Uh, but there's higher risk um, of OPEC uh, production uh, increasing over the course of 2023 now rather than decreasing, uh, as UAE may force uh, some sort of compromise uh, solution in order to leave uh, supplies through this kind of uh, soft pressure. And Peipua, thus far China's mm. reopening has failed to lift all prices. Is this a second half 2023 story or has the market overestimated the demand growth from China? Right. Well, um, oil price has actually gone up uh, about 12% since it's low in early December. Uh, so which it, it does uh, reflect, reflect some extent of optimism on, on, on the China reopening. Uh, though actual demand impact indeed uh, may only be felt uh, more in the second half. I think overall, um, global economy slowdown is keeping a lead on such optimism. Uh, other way of looking at it uh, is that uh, without China reopening, Oil price could have been in the 70s instead of currently in the 80s. 
Uh, demand with through from US has been weak recent months, and uh, rookie inventories have, have also been on the upward um, trajectory. So despite all this, uh, oil price uh, continue to help out. Okay, and can you give us an update on the price cap imposed by developed nations on Russia? Has it turned out to be a, a non-event? Well, the, the price cap is a non-event, uh, yes. I think the US, the euros oil uh, has been trading at below sixty dollars for a while. Uh, likewise, uh, the ban on the Russian um, crude exports to EU. So, only thing to watch is while well, the ban on the Russian uh, crude exports has not had an immediate uh, impact on the global oil market balance, uh, with countries like India uh, picking up the slack. I think the oil products export ban that came in that came into um, effect from February will be more complex uh, to handle. Uh, I think EU ban on the oil products could have a more significant impact on its uh, uh, product uh, product exports and in turn uh, limiting the oil production. So uh, this could uh, potentially lead to a 500,000 uh, to 700,000 barrels per day uh, decline in the Russian uh, crude oil production in absolute terms. And um, can we talk about the supply side, uh, Peihua, given mm. the drop in CAPEX and investments over the years? Are we seeing a pickup on this front? Uh, yes, we did. Um, I mean, global oil majors have been relatively uh, cautious uh, in raising the CAPEX since the oil uh, price crash in the 2014. So COVID has uh, you know, suppressed the CAPEX further to a new low uh, in 2020 and 2021. But yes, yeah, since recovered, uh, that close to 20% of last year. Uh, though we observe that half of it is uh, could be due to uh, inflation, inflation, uh, and the guidance for twenty twenty three upstream capex remain rather benign, uh, mostly to cover the inflation and in a bit. Uh, well, we think that the prolonged underinvestment would affect the oil supply uh, some years down the road. And Pihua, what is your base case price forecast on oil and the bull case this year? Can you give us some of the underlying assumptions on whether this factors in a recession in the US or the EU? Certainly. So we, as DBS, we project um, Brent to average around $85 to $90 uh, US dollar per barrel in 2023, uh, which kind of moderated from the, moderating from the average of $100 US dollar per barrel last year. Uh, geopolitical tensions uh, such as wall, wall escalation uh, will remain the biggest uh, upside risk to oil price assumption uh, forecast, uh, which could again uh, push it towards uh, US $100 per barrel or even higher. So in our base case uh, assumption, on the demand side, uh, we still expect uh, global oil demand to grow, uh, but at a slower pace of 1 million barrel per day as compared to closer to 5 million uh, uh, two to five million the past two years uh, because of the COVID uh, so-called reopening. Uh, taking into consideration uh, this year, a material slowdown uh, and possibly um, negative oil demand growth in emerging economies uh, like US, uh, EU and Japan, uh, which we think will be offset uh, largely by China and India and other Asian uh, economies. And I think we recall that, yep, sorry. sorry uh, you called that we during, <laughs> we called that uh, during a GSC. Uh, overall oil demand uh, dipped by about 1 million uh, barrel per day or about 1%. We are not expecting a reception of similar scale this time around. Uh, if US and EU see soft landing, uh, even this, there could be upside to our demand forecast. And Peihua, uh, sorry, yeah. um, you know, with ESG investing still in the forefront, how have oil and gas companies under your coverage uh, made that transition to green energy or have they not started at all? 
Oh, indeed, the, the, we are kind of a long way indeed. Um, the the energy transition of fossil fuel uh, companies is actually accelerating uh, with increasing capex into clean energy portfolio. Uh, for instance, the upstream guys, um, they have transited to produce more gas, uh, so-called the cleaner form of uh, fossil fuel, uh, and invest into um, renewables. And to meet the carbon neutrality targets by 20, 2030, they are also looking into other initiatives such as green hydrogen and carbon capture. Uh, I think carbon reduction goals also cascade down to the value chain. Like we, we can see that for petrol kiosks, they are, they are now also offering EV charging services. And Peihua, our favorite question in the minute or so that we have <laughs> left, uh, what are your top picks for the sector and why? Right. Um, we still like the Chinese oil majors, such as PetroChina and Sinopec. Uh, which mean uh, very undervalued relative, relative to its um, global peers, uh, as well as Chinese uh, gas distributor, uh, ENN Energy, which are good proxy to China reopening. I think for the downstream uh, segment, uh, we like Thai company, uh, Bangchat Petroleum. Uh, we also like uh, China Longyuan Power to tap uh, China renewable growth. Uh, besides this, um, uh, we, we also uh, uh, like Chinese shipbuilder Yang Zijiang, which tend to benefit uh, from the demand growth for re- for cleaner uh, vessels. I think uh, lastly, in Indonesia, uh, we like uh, coal miner Adaro Energy uh, for its low-cost uh, structure and also their concrete uh, diversification plans to move beyond thermal coal. Peihua, thank you so much for speaking with us. That was Ho Peihua, Regional Energy Analyst at DBS Bank, giving us um, some, of, uh, some of her takes on how the uh, regional oil and gas sector is going to progress. Yeah, I think I found it quite interesting in terms of her forecast for this year. It's about 85 to 90. And she did say that without a China reopening, that oil prices could have been lower at 70 US dollars per barrel range. All right, 9.28 in the morning. We're heading into the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin. But first, a message. Pregnancy comes with a lot of joy and anticipation, but we often overlook what we can do to prepare for a healthy pregnancy before conceiving, as well as what to do after birth to help mums recover. If you're thinking of starting a family or having more children, join our conversation with Dr. Go Hui Yi, consultant obstetrician and gynecologist from Park City Medical Center. Find out what's important pre, during, and post pregnancy. Tune into Health and Living today at 4 p.m. After the news on People Planet Profit, I speak to Dr. Dr. Andrew Blakers, Professor of Engineering from ANU on why he's bullish about solar energy and lessons we can learn from Australia. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.